0: This Coach Me Up podcast is powered by our friends at One Country. Every month, One Country members are entered into amazing giveaways that do great stuff. Each giveaway gives back to a great cause because One Country believes that when you get, you give. Visit onecountry.com slash coach to become a member and get your first month free. Again, go to onecountry.com slash coach and experience winning that gives back. And by Connexial, the live supply chain company connecting one to all through superb technology and solutions to drive life. Fleet owners and logistics professionals trust Connexial to coach up their drivers, improving safety, cost, and compliance. Visit connexial.com coach for more information. The Coach Me Podcast. I'm Jimmy Dykes. My partner, uh, as always, is Chris Burke. And, Chris, we have the vice president of player personnel for the Indiana Pacers, a high-level position. Ryan Carr with us today. Uh, please try to keep your questions centered around the pacers and don't go don't go Celtics or Tennessee volunteers <laughs> alert, or, or anything like alert. that. Would you please?
1: Oh goodness. I couldn't help it. I, I'm sorry, I gotta ask him a couple questions that might be because you know I'm a I'm a dirty ride right center, but anyway, he I'm sure he'll handle him well. I'm fired up. You're fired up to be coached up by Ryan Carr. He's going to get into the topic of sanctification. I'm not going to let you know how he defines that, but that is something we all need to be coached on. Join us for Ryan Carr.
0: Chris, I've come across a lot of guys in my travels with ESPN for college basketball and a lot lot of different levels. And when I first met Ryan Carr, we had never met before. Uh, I believe it was a Kentucky Pro Day. And the first quality I saw in him was humility Uh, you had no idea if this guy is uh, in charge of uh, sweeping the floors uh, for the pacers or in charge the vice president in charge of player personnel which is what he is Uh, so his humility jumps out which remind me again that we don't have to talk a sermon we have to be a sermon and that's how i would describe ryan carr ryan i appreciate you uh, coming on, man! I know you're. This a, uh, a, you're like me. This is go time for you right now. Chris Burke's out golfing and fishing right now, and <laughs> coaching every sport that his kid has. You, you and I are going a thousand miles an hour right now in the middle of February. But uh, I, I, we appreciate you being on. And uh, C- Chris is big. Obviously, he's our baseball guy. Uh, he covers the draft. So I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let him start with you about just some general topic of draft questions because that's. That's right up your alley. He's the vice yeah. president of player personnel quickly for our listeners. He's in charge of all the stuff that goes into player related scouting, pro scouting, high school, college, free agency, making sure that they're on top of all the the the, the possible possibilities for their roster for the Pacers. So with that Chris, hammer away at our guy Ryan Carr.
1: And hey Ryan, we're catching you a day after uh, not to pour salt in the wounds, but I think we can all admire the um 11 three-point performance by Curry last night in in your all's building I don't know if you had a front row seat to that but anyway I I would love to hear you just let let me let me just pause right there because he he's worthy of of that what what was it like watching Curry hit his first seven last night that had to be so I know that's not great in your building but
2: (laughs) well for me it was not a great feeling um it you know just like any great player it's it's uh it's amazing to watch him. His longevity is 35 years old now, uh, you know, been doing this more than long enough to have seen him as a, a little scrawny dude, just crushing it at Davidson and and all the questions about what he could be or what he couldn't be. And then, you know, injuries and all that that he had early in his career. So just to, to sit there and watch something like that last night. Um, although, you know, we hung tough for a while, but it's just greatness. I mean, you know, it, it just is. You have to appreciate it. Uh, you chalk it up. You, you know, we'll get back to work today and we play at, at New York tomorrow, which is a really tough game. And, you know, we got to get ready for it. So,
1: so let me, as, as we get, as we talk about the, as we talk about the draft, I would love, you know, in, in baseball, one of the hardest things to evaluate is the hit tool. Like, okay, this dude always hits, but like, is he going to hit? In the big leagues, like, he's not super toolsy. He doesn't check a lot of the, the the physical boxes. But, man, this dude can just really hit. There was a kid from Florida Atlantic this year, Nolan Shanuel, who the Angels put right in the big leagues, like, after a month, who's kind of like that, like, not super toolsy, not really powerful, like, but yet just hits. And you, you look at a guy like Curry, it's a lot of that, like, he's just an unbelievable shooter. I would love to hear from your perspective on the draft, like, How do you rate certain of those tools and how hard is it to project to see how that translates to the next level
2: well yeah not to i mean it's hard um there's there's a long list of guys i carry around in a binder um from over the years that you know have turned out better than than who we drafted for what and there's a variety of reasons and each guy is in different situations but it's something that we're always trying to learn from uh, obviously the list of guys that ended up even better than what you hoped is the list you want to look at But the list that, but the list that you learn from and get better from is the list of, of guys that maybe didn't turn out. So in that situation, Chris, I think, I think we do a lot of work on, and first of all, let me say, I have a great team of guys who work really hard that do tremendous amount of work for us. And, and my, my job is to, to really steward them in the right, the right direction more than anything, but, um. You've got to really dig deep into what's inside of them what's important to them um you know the the dedication the drive the you know determination Um, uh, just just like for if you're gonna succeed at anything um it's tough like whatever your profession is whatever you want to do if you want to be a great accountant i would i know nothing about being an accountant but I assume that that takes a ton of work to be good at it or else you're going to make a ton of mistakes and you're going to have a bunch of clients getting audited by the IRS or something. So, you know, whatever it is, I think it's it's really important you work hard. And I think in our business, it's about people. And we're, we're looking at in the case of the draft, these young kids, 19 years old in most cases, um, and trying to figure out what's inside of them, what's motivating them. Um, how are they going to react to the change that's going to happen after draft night in their whole world and the people around them? Um, There's just so many variables. And we try to make a very unscientific process as scientific as possible, but there's no way to do that. There's, there just isn't. Um, You're dealing with people uh, you're dealing with a team uh, and there's so many dynamics. So it's never the same. Uh, Each each kid is, is different, even if you, you know, you try to compare one to another, there's always going to be differences. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, luckily we put our heads together. We work well together. I'm at a, at a place where most of us have been together for a very long time. There's a ton of trust. We know what we're about. Um, we're on the same page with that. We have great discussions. We have disagreements on this or that. We come together, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, who are our leadership, um, you know, they make the, the final call and, and we we go forward together. And that's kind of been the Pacers way for as long as I've been around, back to Donnie Walsh and then many years with Larry Bird and and has continued on. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's really just a, a great place to work and try to try to build teams together.
0: Ryan, you have you, you have uh, an amazing story of God's uh, province, over our life, over our path. Uh, Here you are, the vice president of player personnel for the Indiana Pacers, and did not make your high school team as a senior. Got got your start kind of at that time in your life, from what I've heard, uh, as a manager for your high school team, which kind of during the year developed into a little bit more of a kind of a scouting role, and then uh, through through a relationship, through God's hand upon your life, you get a shot to be a manager for Bob Knight at Indiana, which sets you on your path even more. Uh, t- tell us about that experience as you look back on that now, not knowing what God was doing at the time, but now seeing, oh, I see now— why you had me on that path. What have you learned from that?
2: Boy, we could have like three hours. Yeah, I know we could. This. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I look at it totally different. I wasn't a believer growing up. I I, I wasn't saved until I was 30 years old. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, looking back on this, I think you hit it on the head, Jimmy. I mean, God's providence. And um, even, at, even as an unbeliever, there was, there was, uh, there was, Sprinklings of uh, you know my best friend in high school, who 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 is was a starting point guard for that that team that I got cut. He was a believer, is a believer. Um, I grew up going to basketball camps, even though I didn't grow up in a Christian home. There's these these camps, NBC camps, which are still around and all over the world. Really great basketball camps, uh, but they're they're founded on on Christ. So you'd go there and you'd hear the message and. And uh, all the all these different things were kind of along my road, uh, kind of seeds that were dropped for 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 the time, you know, for the, for the time the Holy Spirit got me, um, thankfully. And and um, you, you I, I say, I mean, my my patent line is, you know, my life, I have better chance of winning the lottery than I have of doing what I do every day. and having worked for who I've worked and been a part of what I've been a part of. And, and honestly, there's just not a day that I'll take it for granted. I, I, I just can't. And then, you know, depending on how you want to go through the story, the last few years, you know, opportunities like this have really um, come about to, to step forward and, and have opportunities to, to share my faith, to proclaim the gospel, to, um, you know, hopefully, be a light. That all these different things that God has done, um, you know, I, I can't look back and say that I did anything. Now, I mean, I, I think Scripture says says that it's not me, it, you know, and um, just just thankful. And I, I want to be obedient. I want to be faithful. Those are two words I use a lot um, in whatever in whatever way God would would use me to do that.
0: I saved it. Saved at the age of 30.
2: Yeah. It's a great story for a basketball
0: guy. I would like to hear that.
2: Yeah. So, growing up, uh, my favorite team uh, was the University of North Carolina. That's where I wanted to go to college. I loved it. Not just Michael Jordan, but Jeff Lebo and, you know, J.R. Reed and all these guys as I was growing up that I watched. And uh, the and I had worked for the Pacers a couple of years, gone and coached at, at Texas El Paso, come back to scout for the Pacers. This was this was in uh, early March of 2004, right before I turned 30 years old. It was going to be the first time that I was ever going to be able to see a game in the Dean Dome. And I was riding high because I kind of had this dream job of scouting and, and I was just pumped to go to this game, to just step foot in that arena that I had always wanted to Uh, go to until I was you know since I was nine or ten years old probably and I I walked in there playing Florida State I walked in sat down in my seat and almost immediately just felt kind of like what I thought at the time was like a panic attack just this overwhelming feeling like I have this job I'm here and this just isn't it like this is not the feeling that I thought the foot and so I, so I, I made it through. I was like cold sweats and and all all of that. And I had another game at Georgia Tech before I got home. But a couple of days later, I got home after being like two days just a wreck. And uh, I walked in the door to our house. We, Kim and I, didn't have any kids yet. We were just married a few years at, at this point. And I walked in the door and I, I just walked in. And I said, "We got to find a church." That's the first words I said to her and she, she was raised Catholic, but, but not really practicing. And, uh, by God's grace as well, she just kind of went along the ride with me to, but again, all those seeds, God's providence and putting those seeds and, and, and for no reason, um, whatsoever in his kindness, um, you know, was, was doing a work. And, uh, and we ended up, I, I went on, a. You know, just like researching for the draft, I went on this, uh, this crazy mission of figuring out what church we should go to and, and all that. And met with, met with pastors and ended up, we ended up finding a, a church that we went to for the next 16 years until COVID when kind of the next, you know, really deepening of, of my faith happened
1: okay well that's a great tease tell us about tell what happened next. <laughs> yeah, don't I'm, leave I yeah, guys. you got me on the edge
2: of my seat <laughs> okay well um you know look we all lived through march of 2020 i was at the west coast conference tournament when when everything hit and our team doctor called and said time to get off the road you got to come home and just like most things churches shut down different things happened um you know, people dealt with that time in all different ways. We didn't have a ton of information. We, you know, that's a whole nother, You know, all of this could could you know fork off into all kinds of conversations. But I'll just say this: there was a um, this all this all. There's so much going on in this time in my life. My my parents had just passed away within six months of each other. Um, you know, life was shut down. There was a lot of stuff going on in my kid's school. There, there was so much happening it, for all of us in this time period. It was crazy intense with just all sorts of stuff, and and um, and and our church had shut down. And I, I had uh, another long story. I had I had really in in, uh, in March of 2021 fallen into a, a really deep depression. And and really, really, really struggling. By God's grace, uh, His mercy. You know, the the way that um, I dealt with that was was every day going to the Bible, going to Scripture. Like that was that was my counselor. That was uh, every day. That's what got me through the day. And uh, along along that time. Uh, my son, uh, I have twins that are seniors in high school right now. Jimmy, we we've shared a little bit about going through this process and yeah. the tears that we're both about ready to shed here in about five months, <laughs> yes, if not already. <laughs> um, and uh, and there was a my my son was a, a freshman manager on his high school team, and there's a senior, kind of the stud senior athlete, who really I I saw from afar. I didn't know him. He was investing in in Austin in a way that. Was really special from a distance, and again, I'm 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 in this this like state of depression. My heart is raw. Like I'm I'm noticing a lot a lot of stuff, and I see this this relationship developing with this stud athlete, this scrawny little kid that's my son, and it it makes a real impact. Well, this this kid Benji ends up being the pastor's son of a, a church, and hit that. Uh, uh, another church locally, kind of a smaller, smaller church. And and uh, th- he starts coming and, and taking taking Austin and then his twin sister, Caitlin, to to youth group at this church. And we're still going to kind of doing what we can at, at the other church. Um, but I see our kids coming home just flourishing in their knowledge and their depth of um, kind of theology that they're learning that, that I didn't have after 16 years. And, um, and Kim and I were sitting around one night, like we should, we should check this out. And so, you know, during that time, we ended up starting to attend this church, which we're, uh, we're really thankful for. Uh, just a, uh, just again, I, I think one of the things that's, I know you get into other questions, but one thing that, I think it's really important that people understand who and what they're worshiping. Like you need to know the character of God. I don't, I don't think, you know, when I went into that depression, uh, even, even though I was a committed follower, like, I don't think that I, um, necessarily understood all the characteristics of who God is. And look, there's, there's great ones. Like, the doctrine of grace. Thank goodness for that. Like praise God, but there's a there's a lot of it that's hard. And you know we're we're the created. He's the creator. He's totally righteous. You know we're sinful. There's a there's a there's a lot that you have to kind of grip and grapple with and um, and submit to uh, in humility. You know you know it. Our way isn't his way. And, you know, I think there's, I think in our culture, in, in our time, you know, there's our sinful nature, our, you know, everything's kind of pulling at us one way. And are we going to, again, I I use the word submit, are we going to humble ourselves, you know, to, to accept all of his way, to accept all of who he is, that, you know, to, uh, John 117 the grace and the truth of it all um you know that's a that's a I think a really important um, thing in, in in terms of sanctification and as we go through this um, life right can and I hop in there
1: re- yeah re- go re- ahead re- can I hop in there real quick no 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 yeah <clears throat> I just want to make sure I got this right your your son was a freshman manager yeah and the star player on the team is the son of a pastor. Yeah. So the so the star player. Well, not nah, he, invi- he
2: wasn't a he wasn't a he wasn't the star player, but in the okay. he was a star football player. He was on okay. the basketball team. Okay. He's he's a, okay. But he's yeah.
1: he's a notable notable player, see, and you're no saying question. a senior and a, he was senior? a senior. Yeah. Okay. So we had a senior, like notable high school athlete, inviting yeah. a freshman manager to youth. Club. Oh yeah. Would come and
2: would it, come and you know come and him, pick him up to take him oh okay. yeah
1: and, and it turns out he's the son of a pastor who and that's yeah. now the church you all attend
2: yeah, absolutely yeah and so if that and,
1: doesn't give us all if that doesn't give us all motivation of number one that pastor is obviously i would assume is a real deal his his kid uh, is acting in such an incredible way and that just shows you how your kids can end up being salt and light and then they end up in Influencing. So he ends up indirectly and really directly influencing you just by befriending and trying to be a disciple maker to your kid. Is that am I getting that right?
2: Oh, Chris, a 100 percent. What what's That's happened? In, story. Yeah. Man. What's ha- what's happening these these past three years has changed mm. everything about our family. Mm. Um, I mean, and it it was all by. The faithfulness of Benji Welch is what started. Benji Welch, and, Benji yeah, Welch. I mean, and Benji, Benji's a junior at the Masters University in California right now, and I'm actually going to be out there in a couple of weeks. And trust me, I take him to dinner every every chance I get to. We need to, to have Benji on there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Benji and his dad Kirk, and, and no, we, uh, no, yeah. we mean like now. Can you get him now? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah <laughs> can you call him? It's pretty early in Cali, but yeah, he's 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 quite a kid and That's awesome. and uh, I love him yeah. love him to death god god has used him and and I wish I could say that was unique that we were special but he's 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 done that with with a mm. lot of there's a there's a you know
0: god's using him well hey I just want to interrupt us for a second to remind everyone that our coach me up podcast is powered by our friends at one country go to onecountry.com check out what they're doing. They have a fantastic giveaway each month and they are phenomenal at when you get, you give. They have a huge heart for giving to others. So jump in there, become a member of their team as well. Those are my friends here in Northwest Arkansas and this podcast isn't possible without one country. Man, I, I, we've been writing non, I've been writing non-stop since you started talking. There's so many things to go back on. One, one thing, Ryan, that uh, jumps out that I don't dwell upon enough or think about enough or respond to enough is, you said, in His kindness, referring to God, in His kindness. I don't think of God in that way nearly enough. Uh, what, a, what a beautiful statement by you. What a beautiful testimony you have for that. Expand on that, just that simple, those three words for me a little bit, please. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, God. In, in kind of that kindness, there's there's two things right There's his grace, which is he he gives us things we don't deserve and then there's his mercy, which is he withholds things that we do deserve. And I think as as you again delve into the, the theology and the character of God and go through you know Old Testament, New Testament, you know he gives us what we don't deserve. You know the gospel at at the at the big the biggest, but then he withholds so much of what we do because of our sinful nature. We can't do anything. I said I was just reading this great book, "The Sovereignty of God" by A.W. Pink, which is a, is like an early 1900s a great theologian, and and I'm grappling with some of it. Like the and it's it's so biblical. Bibl- I mean, it's all. Taken from Scripture, so it's not not a book that's like I think this or that. Or I mean, this is like this is Scripture. This is what it says. Uh, and going through, and and just the 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 character and, and those two, the grace and the mercy. Um, I mean, it is. It, I don't know. It's a it's a bigger word than kindness. I just don't don't know what that that word is. So I think when you when you when you look at each day and you go through the day and, and you look at, well, I deserve this, but I'm given this, which I think also reframes uh, how we should look at suffering. Uh, I, mentioned, I mentioned that time that I went through depression and, um, you know, we're all, we're promised to go through suffering. So how do we look at that? Because I don't think, I don't think we get anywhere down the road of sanctification without suffering. I, I think as human beings, mm. if everything goes well, we're going to think that it's all us. We're not going to need help. We're prideful, all of that. It, it's in the suffering when we come to realize and we understand that grace and those mercies and that we grow closer to Christ and are bent towards, towards Him and uh, it changes our character. So, I would almost say, I mean, I say it today, and I think I think in our culture, nobody wants to suffer, right? We all want everything easy. We want nobody to tell us no. We want no, you know, we want to be in charge of everything. We don't want to submit. It's um, all of that. It's it's just our sinful nature. Um, you know, I, I think we should rejoice in suffering. I mean, the, <laughs> Scripture says rejoice it, in it, suffering. It, it does. Yeah, yep. but we're terrible at doing that but it's those times of suffering that we're sanctified and and that's a really good thing um the, the the further sanctified you are the more i think you you're able to see the sin you're you're you you hate sin more you you try to separate yourself from it uh, where you can and, and that's all really good stuff but it only comes through times of suffering i just I did, I, and that's my experience. And I think that's, you know, I think that would be uh, the reason that we have to go through those times.
1: You're you're using that word sanctification a lot for for yeah. the for the help of of all of us, but especially for our listeners. Coach us up on exactly how you would define sanctification.
2: Yeah, so I think it's I think it's the process of which we conform closer. Uh, to the character of Christ, so right the gospel we get we're regenerated by the Holy Spirit, which justifies us. Um, it, it sets us legally and uh, legally uh, clean uh, for judgment. Christ died for our sins. He, he took on all our sins. He He didn't only take on our sins, but He also we we are seen by the Father like Christ, um, and, and our and our pronounced you know not guilty uh for our sins so so then so then through the gospel we we end up this sanctification process where we can you know it's a it's a long process and some of us are ahead of others on it um but where we are where the, the gospel's conforming us more and more uh to the character of christ and that that goes by i think studying the word and prayer and you know, being in a, a good church, I think a good local church is the greatest blessing on earth. Um, you know, all the way we get to sanctification one one day. You know, we're we're in heaven, um, glorified, and and we get to be we get to be in a in a place where we don't even we're not even in the presence of sin, which is sounds pretty pretty great if you ask me.
0: Ryan you have uh, three three children or, or yeah three, three yeah, I, okay but 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 your your senior high daughter and son yeah are getting ready to break away they're both hmm. going to Liberty University yes. which is a fantastic fantastic campus yeah. fantastic and they're already yeah. pl- plugged in there with some. Uh, good, good people, Richie yeah. McKay, who we've had on our podcast. I believe your son's going to be a student manager. He is. Him. Yeah, he's going to yeah. he's going to be a pilot, and uh, Richie's allowing him to to help with the
2: team. And Kim and I are really excited about that.
0: So, how have you? How have you? It's one of our last questions because you're yeah. on a tight schedule. Because you have to go to st- yeah. a parent, <laughs> parent student, teacher conference. Yeah, t- teacher conference. Your school <laughs> yeah. says do not be late. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Both uh, parents there. Do not be late. Yeah. Wow. So how how have you hopefully projected to your Children, as they get ready to leave, um, know for sure who and what you're worshiping,
2: oh.
0: because they've seen a dad now who has been grinding away all the hours gone. Indiana Pacers, the yeah. the world is pulling on you. They've been around big big time athletes, stars. Yeah, how have you hopefully put in their heart? <laughs> know for sure what you're worshiping.
2: Man, this is God's grace and mercy. <laughs> To go back to that, um, boy, I I think these questions are going through yours and my head a lot, right? As we we think about launching them and um, I'll tell you the number one thing we did uh, with all the schools that they were looking at, uh, the number one thing was where were they going to get plugged into a local church? So we did obviously do a lot of research on the schools and what they're going to study, but even at a place like Liberty. Where where are they going to be every Sunday morning? Um, and so we did a tremendous amount of of research and work, and re- I reached out to several uh, churches. And we when we made college visits, we visited churches as well. That was part of the deal. Um, so there there's going to be a plan, like um, for them. Uh, you know, I'm kind of type A. I probably have to be in my in my job and they would probably say I am as a dad as well. So, uh, I don't, I, you know, I wish I could say that I have total peace with launching them. Um, I do worry about it. Uh, I see like you go around and, you know, you kind of get to our age where, where our kids are, are doing this. And I talk to other parents and there's a lot of parents that lose their kids, um, in this stage. I, I think, I think just a, a ton of discernment is needed. I think we, I think just in general, we've got to be really discerning about the music that we're listening to. Even Christian, like I don't, everything that in this world that says it's Christian isn't the same. Um, and I, I, think there's a even as Christians, you know, trying to surround themselves with Christian things. I think we have to be really discerning and. what those are and 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 how they line up with scripture Um, so you know it's kind of a a long-winded answer to you know it's it's starting with them being plugged into a local church Um, they have accountability we it's something we talk about a ton with them thankfully both of these two um, love the Lord the Lord is, has, 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 uh, has been gracious to them too. His providence does not cease to, uh, amaze me. Um, but I don't know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna find out. You just, there's a lot of things that I wish I could go back and do different. Um, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna see, I, I trust, I trust the Lord. I, I, I do. I have to. I have no other choice. So, mm, that's, so a sweet, Ryan, that's a sweet I, spot get, to be in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can I give you a word that's really given me? I, I've got. I've got five kiddos. My my oldest a little mm. bit younger than your all's. Than your all's um, uh, seniors. My my oldest mm. is a sophomore. But um, you know, I, I think all of us deal with the anxieties of trying to point our kids to the Lord. Understanding they're people not robots and we can't make them yeah. do anything and the balance and the messiness of all that but i i had the privilege this past week of, of speaking in our men's group on first corinthians chapter three and and paul's kind of he's essentially coaching up the young church in corinth on like man you you yeah. guys are still infants in christ because you you keep arguing over me and apollos and like I thought we all understood here that Jesus is the way. Like it's not about me and Apollos, it's it's about Jesus and you guys need to grow up and quit drinking milk and start eating solid food. and that, that whole that whole part, right? But yeah. the 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 man the piece, the part that's really given me peace just in my <clears throat> discipleship journey and disciple making journey specifically as it relates to my kids is like Paul planted the seeds, Apollos watered them, but only God can make them grow. Like o- yes. only God can make them grow. And I think of my own salvation story and how, you know, my parents did a great job of pointing me to the Lord, but how messy it was, but God yeah. made it grow. God yeah. did it. You no know, question. and as much as we, as much as we want to help it and as much as we want to foster it and much as we want to protect them, like, God makes it grow. And that doesn't mean we throw our hands up and say, hey, good luck into the world. Like, let me know how it goes. Like, you know what I mean? But I, I don't For know sure. if that helps you, Jimmy. I don't know if that helps you, Ryan, but that yeah, is but really, it, it takes even with the men my table, yeah, the men at my table, like it's my job to point them to Jesus, encourage the development of, of their sanctification process, but I can't yeah. make them do anything. And uh, only God can do that. And really to me, that has given me a lot of peace. That's great, Chris. Um, I gotta I appreciate be faithful that. to what I'm supposed to do, but God's gonna make it grow, and He's sovereign. I'm not. So yeah, anyway. I, the
2: the the it's interesting you said that. I was just asked last week to the first time I ever kind of gave a, a a sermon. Grace College was kind enough to ask me to to come and do a chapel service. So the first time I prepared like a message, and it's you know in front of a thousand kids. But I did First Corinthians 15. Fifty-eight, which is a little bit further down the road than than you know what you did, and and Paul gets to the point where he calls them to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So it's, it you know, which is something that um, is a verse that had been kind of hitting on me for quite some time in terms of you know living in the world, trying to do a great job at work, but but living in this world as a Christian and trying to to be faithful to. To Christ, be, you know, and in this culture, which is wild, um, steadfast, like, you know, persist, you know, it's kind of a word I use for that. And then immovable just yells at you, like, you know, we need, we definitely need more immovable Christians. And to wrap this back up to the kids, I pray that they will be. They've, they've shown, they've shown they, they are in, in school and different different settings which makes me really really proud and as we launch them i i hope they'll be immovable uh every step of the way
0: ryan we, we we've kept you two minutes longer than i promised oh. you that we would you, you need to go we, we will have you back on though because mm. we're, we're just getting a glimpse of your sweet humble kind spirit that god uh is doing for you so uh Man, thank you so much. We man, got a ton I, of stuff to work through after you leave us right now, but uh, man, God bless you, brother. I'm I'm so thankful that God crossed our paths.
2: Yeah, me me too. I I've watched you for years and and enjoyed your your basketball announcing, and then learned that learned uh, that you love Jesus and and uh, was I w- I couldn't wait when I saw you at that game at uh K- or the practice at Kentucky to say hello. So or I love what you guys do. You've had on some friends that. And guys that I looked up to and and uh, just keep doing it. And I'd, I'd come back on anytime. This is okay. a conversation that I can't have enough of. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you, man. Great, you bet, guys. great word.
0: Chris, I knew Ryan Carr would be uh, just a, a beautiful testimony, first of all, of a heart that is uh, humble, kind, led by the Holy Spirit, such, such a sweet guy. Um, mm-hmm. In a powerful, powerful position in the NBA, when you're when you're making decisions about who you're bringing into organizations, who you're letting out, uh, I, I want to start with this. When you, when you were talking to him about the draft and things that they dig into, the number one thing, I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about this in my next game, they look for is what's inside of you. Yeah, Is that not the I number one thing that our, that, yeah. that our Heavenly Father's always chasing after mm. us, what's inside of you and— mm. uh
1: well, yeah. There's the spiritual translation there, and there's also just the literal. Like, whether you're talking to teams or I'm talking to teams, or you're talking to your kid or I'm talking to my kids. Like, like, hey, let me just tell you what the head of player personnel at the Pacers is looking for. Now, obviously, we know he's, you got to be able to run and jump to even make it on his list, right? But right. once you do, once you do, you better have the goods I- inside, you know. And I think about Halliburton, their star. If you know, i will yeah. overflow of the heart that mouth speaks. I've been very—I don't know a ton about him, but every time I hear him talk, there's a depth to him that's that's very impressive. Of course, I, sh- I should lose some some points, Jimmy. You should find me for bringing up Curry's 11 threes last night. That was not kind of me, but I'm such a Curry <laughs> nerd. I, I just had to. He wouldn't—he didn't really go there, and I don't blame him. But uh, no, I, I think you know, I think there is. Your throat did you did you see lebron's quote the other day not you know I, this is our first lebron quote on the podcast but did you hear what he said all these kids get so caught up he basically said all these kids are so caught up in the world what they need to worry about is playing the game great i mean that's a yeah. paraphrase of what he said but it's like right yeah i mean that's basically what ryan is saying and you know say whatever you want to about lebron you don't play as long as he has at as high a level as he has without being primarily concerned with being great between the lines you know what I mean and obviously spiritual translation for that as we're talking here is like God wants our heart and if our heart's directed towards him the overflow of that will bear good fruit right and that's a basketball kind of parallel to that
0: man so many things like I was I was just nonstop writing as he started speaking about
1: sanctification was a word I felt like really was a main theme like it's a fancy churchy word. You know, justification, we're, we're saved by by the works of Jesus, like the fact that he died mm-hmm. on the cross for us. We are justified by a holy God because of what Jesus did for us, not by our works. But, but we are called to look more like Jesus. We are called to conform to the image of Christ. And we're never going to be sinless. But as we look more like Jesus, we should be sinning less whatever we're capable you know and that's kind of that that's the to me that's the layman's definition of sanctification like we're never going to be sinless but we should be sinning less and looking a little bit more like jesus um as we go right yeah as we go yeah
0: yeah. yes yeah and a a beautiful story of how benji welch Mm -hmm. living out what what we're all told to do to, to to love others and to be a sermon, not always speak a sermon, how that has now influenced an entire family, an entire family's direction. Uh, and yeah. and a reminder for all of us out there right now, the importance of the church that you are attending. Is it a Bible teaching, uh, gospel driven church that's alive and lives are being changed and hearts are being molded? Like they realized they weren't in that type of a church. And through the kindness and the actions of Benji got drawn into uh, a church that's like that and the, and and the importance of it so um one of the thing here that he said well several of them um who and what are you worshiping mm-hmm. that should give all all of us a little bit of a pause for just for just a, a couple of minutes to really reflect on uh is it our job which which as men uh in my grind right now i I have to be remindful of my own heart um I did Alabama-Auburn this past week, Chris. Monster, monster mm-hmm. game, monster game. You know, two teams that are trying to chase the final forward. Tennessee-Kentucky on that last Saturday. Uh, I had to remind myself during the day to express to my Heavenly Father that as important as this game is, massively important, it's not more important than you. It's not. And and to keep that balance in my life, I have to fight for it. I have to continually remind myself that am I okay? I am. I say that. Are my actions backing it up? Am I continuing to have my my time alone, my quiet time, listening to my worship music as I prepare for my game, or are those just words? So, no, I'm just saying what what he said out there was a was just a great reminder for all of us to self check. What and who are we really worshiping?
1: Yeah, for the purpose of for the purpose of being salt and light to others, right? Like, like. You know, I think about Benji Welsh, going back to our, our, some of the stuff we talked about with him, like, like Benji Welsh's dad has obviously done a great job of pointing him to Jesus, right? But God made that grow to the point that when Benji Welsh is playing basketball, he's mindful of the student manager, right? And, and praise God that, that Benji's a faithful servant of his. And, and from your standpoint, like you need to be filled up, right? So that you're not consumed with your work why for the purpose of loving on others that's right it. and pointing yeah. at, and pointing other people not so you feel good I mean that's a great byproduct of it right but right. so that you can somehow be uh salt and light to other people and and later on in that first Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 says we are co-workers in God's service you are God's field God's building and like if you're looking for an identity verse today, it doesn't say if you're a pastor, you're God's field. It doesn't say if you work at a church, you're God's co-servant. It's like you, this is who you, he's talking to the early church in Corinth. Like he's reminding them who they are. It's a great, for me, it doesn't matter whether I'm working with a kid in a cage or I'm hooping with some guys here in an hour. Like I have to be mindful of the fact that I am a co-worker in God's service, that I, I'm God's field. I'm God's building. Like I'm. I am called to try to be salt and light in whatever simple way I'm capable of doing that. Uh, And it's very obvious Ryan Carr is living that well uh, because it just jumps out, you know, it just jumps out as the way he communicates. Uh, It's a great reminder to all of us, whatever wherever God has us in whatever walk of life we are in, to to be mindful of how we can show his love to other people.
0: Mm -hmm. Last thing, um, how we look at suffering, I thought he made a great point. I could we could have spent the entire podcast on that because he he tagged it with, it is a promise. It's promised to us in scripture that as as followers of the way that we we're, were, there will be suffering in this world. And and how we look at it, uh, I love how he said that it's a time that we that we are bent towards him. And uh I'm not I'm none of us, well, I shouldn't say none of us, few that I've seen in life handle suffering. Like I think we're called to, uh, but we will all go through those hard, confusing, doesn't make sense testing our faith times in life and and how we look at that, uh, I, I think is critical. And instead of looking at it as why why is this happening to me? Why did this happen? why it's it's a promise. It's just as much of a promise as the promise of of grace of, of grace yeah. or anything else yeah. in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't look, but I don't look at suffering like that, like I should. So mm. John uh, sixteen
1: thirty three. Jesus tells us in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. Yes. I've overcome the world. Hey, you think about the story of Ryan Carr and even, you know, before he came to a uh, saving faith in Christ, like he, he took something really bad. You know, John Wooden, you know, kind of a gospel paraphrase. Things yep. tend to work out best for those that make the best out of the way things work out like he gets yes. cut his senior year and it spurs him into a career in basketball there he right? is. it's like okay something really bad happened who wants to get cut their senior year in high school nobody but yet then he boom okay well can i be the manager can mm-hmm. i be the manager oh now i get to do scouting next yeah. thing you know i'm vp of the pacers like it's just awesome <laughs> story for kids of like here's something quote unquote bad and look look what god did through that that is yes. an awesome story i mean i'm gonna my kids are gonna be so tired of hearing me talking about ryan carr i'm gonna tell them more stories <laughs> they could possibly imagine
0: <laughs> uh let's uh, let's close in a word of prayer yeah. heavenly father you're so good to us and we I, I thank you for the the testimony and the the story that you're continuing to write in the on the life of ryan carr on his heart lord i, I thank you for the just the sweet spirit, the kindness, the humility that he presents himself with. May we all be reminded of the importance of that. Lord, we thank you for your name. We thank you for who you are. Father, may we learn from this podcast today. May our hearts be changed and uh, trust you no matter where we are in our life and our journey with you uh, more and more every day. We ask all this in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.